Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. All right, looking forward to hopefully talking to Ryan Fitzpatrick, former NFL quarterback, current member of the TNF on Prime Crew, uh, about his holiday proclivities, about one of his many former teams in the Miami Dolphins, and what's going on there right now as a loss on the Monday Night Football doubleheader has people feeling a little bit nervous. We've already been meltdown. uncertain about the Dolphins' ability to beat good teams. Then they lost to a bad team and a rookie quarterback in the most dramatic fashion that we could muster up record-wise. And now people have a bunch of questions. But, Dad, those are not nearly as pressing as the question that I have for our friend Emerson Latia for something that he said to us earlier in the show as we were talking about berating officials and trying to keep star players in the NBA in the game. Emerson had the audacity to bring up his men's league and then bury the lead where apparently Emerson in the last week or so went to a men's league game and tried to bribe an official to add game time with a hot dog. Emerson, how do you plead to these allegations? This was last night. This was last night. This was... 12 freaking hours ago, Mike, that I tried to bribe the official with the glizzy because we had glizzy day here at DraftKings. There's a boatload of glizzies just floating around. So I packed a few in my bag, brought a few with me to the game last night. We were down 10 with like two minutes to go. They illegally let all of the time just run off the clock, clock not stopping when it should have been stopping. I said, official, come on over here. I had a glizzy in my pocket wrapped in foil. And I said, hey, right here, put two more minutes on the clock and this glizzy's yours. And he looks at me and he goes, you guys have already lost, bro. And then just walks off. Can I ask a question? Yeah, go ahead. Are you, are you a player or a coach? I'm a player coach. Okay. So you were playing a game. I was on the bench at the time. I was on the bench at the time because I care about other people getting playing time. No, no, no. That's not, that's not my question. My question is, was the and this sounds like a joke. Was the hot dog in your pocket? Yes, the, the hot dog entire was entire time while you oh, were playing. No, 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 no. Once I'm on the sideline, once I'm on the bench, and I'm looking at the clock, and I said they're illegally letting pl- the time run off the clock. I said I got to do something about this. So we tried to stop the clock, and someone said you could stop the clock by getting a tech. And I said, well, come on over here. I got a hot dog to put two minutes on the clock, and you get this hot dog. So you're changing the story, Emerson. You said you had a hot dog in your pocket. Yeah, because I was. How did yes, the hot I was dog on the bench. In your pocket. I was on the bench because I brought the hot dog with me. So you went to the bench and then put the hot dog in your pocket. Bingo, bingo. And Why would wh- you put it into your pocket, sitting on the bench? Because I wanted to call him over and say, "Hey, check this out. I got the goods. Add two minutes oh, no, to the that, clock." Now, now it sounds did, like we're going did on someone, a bad did road someone here. In that. Did someone in that room make the obvious joke? Is that a hot dog in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? Yeah, Please tell me someone most, stepped up most to the, of the team, because it was right there. Most of the team wanted me to get out there and play and have the hot dog in the pocket. And then because I banged down low on the block, they wanted me to get fouled, get to the foul line, and take a bite of the hot dog before I put up a free throw. But that did not happen. Did I just hear you say you bang down low? On the block, yes. You've seen me in person. You've seen the way that I'm built. Right, which is why I, I immediately questioned when you said I bang down low, because I have seen you in person. You, you, and that's not you, the first thing that jumps to mind. Hello? Shoulders yeah. like boulders, Big Daddy. Come on, man. You know I'm built. Yeah. You know I'm built. You know I'm an athlete. Yeah. Yeah, and about a, that. Apparently an athlete, dude. Yeah. Which I, I don't dispute the idea, by the way, of pocket hot dogs. I love packing a roadie there, especially <laughs> if you're in like a cold winter month and you can pack like a tinfoil wrapped hot dog mm. for any moment here. Yeah, I love man. walking with like a big overcoat on and just having a couple of roll dogs right there coming from a tailgate that you've got whenever you need them there. Because at a moment's notice, a glizzy is always ready to go. So yeah. that part I don't dispute, Emerson. That's just proper planning by you, and I applaud you for that. I uh, feel bad for my opponents kind of last night because part of my defense was I didn't even work yesterday so when I saw in slack that we were our snack of the day was glizzies like I love hot dogs that's 
pretty known to everybody. I came over here, I mashed like four hot dogs, simply put ketchup on it. And then I'm sweating my ass off last night as I'm bawling my heart out and I'm smelling like hot dog water. Yeah. It's not good, yeah. oh, dude. That, so when I get home, to too, be, the best oh. part is, like, I get home after the game and my dogs are just licking my legs because they yeah. know that my sweat and my body just tastes like hot dogs. Yeah. Slept in the guest room, didn't you, last night? No. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the couch? Then, huh? The couch. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. As Emerson has just transformed into one giant tube of meat, uh, sentient tube meat, Emerson Lazia, for everybody there. Speaking of tube meat, let's make our way down to South Beach. <laughs> uh, we mentioned the Miami Dolphins playoff picture, Dad. What a segue. Speaking Getting of Getting a little bit meat. dicey here. They could use a couple of pocket dogs to jolt them out of this one because it, it seems like, Dad, Miami has reached that status late in the season that the uh, Dallas Cowboys found themselves in early in the season, which is despite being incredibly productive and incredibly talented, they're also right now very untrustworthy given where they're at. And it's been the same story for them all year, which has been – Injury along the offensive line, undermining right. overall production for this team. And I, I think the Tua MVP conversation gets wrapped up in this. The Tyreek Hill MVP conversation gets wrapped up in this. But ultimately, Dad, this feels to me more akin to what happened with the Los Angeles Rams last year, where you now have, because of the injury to Connor Williams, a fourth different offensive yep. lineman that I believe you've lost for the season, or at least for multiple games. That's a hard thing to sustain, especially in any version of the NFL, but especially now where we talk about the lack of O-line depth around the league popping up, this seems like something where it's just not your year when this level of injury at one position, position starts to dominate the roster like this. Yeah, and then obviously with Tyree Kill with that ankle, you know, does that come back to haunt him? Does it get able to heal fully? I mean, we just don't know. And they finish up with the Jets, the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills. So, I mean, that's... That is a tough final four games. They have a two-game lead uh, right now on Buffalo. Buffalo sits in the 11th slot in the AFC, which is absolutely amazing. So Miami has a little bit of a cushion, but you know I think Miami fans are a little bit nervous in the way their team is playing and the remaining schedule, of which the Bills is on there one time. Yeah, and I think that's a huge part of it too, right? Is now what this has opened up in this conversation is the division not necessarily being as decided right. as we once thought it was with the Miami Dolphins at the helm there and with that Bills team surging late here. All of this leads us, Dad, to the road that we wanted to get to today of the Gojometer. Now, uh, <laughs> as we get towards the end of the season, everyone's waxing and waning in terms of their confidence in certain teams as we march towards the NFL playoffs. And Emerson, since we've gotten, we've mm -hmm. talked about on this show, the 20th anniversary of Elf is this season, we thought we would go ahead and weaponize one of the iconic ideas of the belief meter on that show yeah. to see if we can combine Christmas cheer and a look ahead at the NFL playoffs. Yeah, so everyone remembers, like, there was the clausometer, the clausometer, whatever you want to call it. Claus, yeah. Like, what is it? Because I looked at this and I said, oh, that's the Gojo meter. And you're like, no, it's the Gojometer. I, I, don't, I don't know. Anywho, remember that part of the movie? Like, people all had to, like, rally behind and really, you know, flash their spirit for Christmas. Get that sleigh off the ground. Get out there so Santa can creepily crawl down chimneys and hang out in your living room. So, anywho, the Gojometer here, or the Gojo meter, this Did is you when Gojo. Did Santa? <laughs> Did you just say creepily? Yes, dude. What other, other overweight Santa like Spider-Man? What other overweight bearded man in your life is just like crawling down your chimney and like hanging out and eating your food? I mean, that sounds like but something he's I would you do. Presents. He's ah, doesn't presents. always he's bring you presents. He doesn't always bring you presents. All right. Yeah, maybe I'm a little salty. Anywho, Gojo, you're gonna That's tell a us you problem. <laughs> okay, okay, Bucko. All right, Dad, chill out. So this is what Coach is going to tell us, the belief he has, how much belief he has in the following teams and their playoff chances, or their Super Bowl chances, rather, after Week 14, ahead of Week 15, kicking off tomorrow night. So let's go, dude. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Start us with the Ravens. By the way, I would say Emerson needs someone to sing loud in his ear right now. You don't sound like you have a lot of Christmas cheer, and it's a little no. bit concerning no. for your boy. Yeah. So I'm going to have to come to town next week and sing you some sweet lullabies yeah. to try and get you back on the right side of history. My wife only wants but expensive Dad, said, stuff. I can't stand it. <laughs> I mean, listen, 
No. Listen, listen we're going to not turn this into your therapy All right, couch here right we go. Now. Go we're ahead. I'm going to focus on the yeah. gojometer, <laughs> the gojo meter, or whatever comes with this dad, and the Baltimore Ravens and the playoff belief here. And I, I got to say, coming off this last week, my belief is as high as it could possibly be right now. Like, I, I'm... I don't know if I'm quite at 100, but I'm definitely in like the 75 to 90 range with this team in terms of belief in the Baltimore Ravens based on what we saw them do, not only against the Los Angeles Rams, but what we've seen for them this entire season, a defense that's been one of the best in the NFL, and an offense that got dealt a big crushing blow with Mark Andrews being lost, but's got a quarterback that's playing some of the best football of his career, and as a group of skill players for the first time in a long time that feel like they are able to support what the Ravens are trying to do in pushing the ball downfield so i'll go a solid 90 on the baltimore ravens this seems like the stars are really aligning for them this season yeah as far as to make the playoffs i i will peg it up close to 100 and go a 99 i mean and a lot of it is the way they're playing but also it's cleveland's on their fourth quarterback pittsburgh i think is going to fall out they're in the playoffs right now in the sixth slot i think they're going to fall out and Cincinnati doesn't have Joe Burrow. So I think that helps their chances as well, that the division uh, is, is not very strong right now. Yeah, uh, between the division struggling there, between just the AFC in general being the conference that's been so marred by quarterback injury, it does feel like barring some massive turnaround by the Kansas City Chiefs, which is possible, but after this point in the season, not as probable. They're probably going to have to win games the way they're winning them now, which is pretty close to the cuff. I, I do think that this makes things a lot better for the Ravens. Let's get to the Dolphins, Dad. We were talking about them so much before. And if you look, the Ravens, number one remaining strength of schedule in terms, uh, according to FTN. Uh, the Dolphins, number two, though, not far behind with the Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills, like you mentioned on there. I'd go with them probably like a 60 at this point. Yeah. The Dolphins, mm. again, just I think too injured at critical places to be counted on against the kind of teams that we've seen. And we've seen them against bad matchups with teams with front sevens like the Buffalo Bills, the Philadelphia Eagles, even an injured Tennessee Titans outfit was able to affect them there. Remember, the bulk of the Miami Dolphins offensive production came after the ball was basically handed to them in scoring position by special teams miscues by the Titans, by turnovers by the Titans down in the low red zone so it wasn't like that Miami Dolphins offense went out there and looked out dominant they got outgained in almost every metric by the Titans in that one yeah I, I'm definitely a lower number here too and again considering where they sit right now two games up uh, on Buffalo in the loss column I would probably go 65 to 70 because I could easily see them losing at least two of their remaining four games. And one of those games is against the Bills, mm -hmm. and the Bills smoked them earlier in the season. So if, if the Bills, now that's also asking the Bills to go on a bit of a run, and we'll see if they're able to do that. But to get close enough to Miami to maybe take the division from them, and then the wild card slots are getting so wide open at this point. Yeah, guys, can I just mention one thing about the Dolphins too? Their strength of victory is 325 here. That's the worst in the AFC, third worst in the NFL, only better than, what, the Saints and the Giants. So that really is an important stat for, like, a team with an unproven track record about to collide with teams in the playoffs who have been part of the postseason for years. Can I ask, what is strength of victory? I have never – I have yeah, heard of a lot of metrics of in the NFL. I've never wow. heard of strength of victory. Is this like college football strength of resume? Dude, I'm, it, what we're talking about is the strength of victory. How strong are their victories? <laughs> I just I, – I don't even know what that means. I like the way it sounds, but yeah. I have no understanding of what it means or what goes into it it's other the, than the fact let me that tell maybe you the something. Dolphins, as we've talked about – It's the combined record of all the teams that were beaten – in their respective schedules okay okay yeah that makes that makes sense and that is in keeping with what we've seen with the dolphins which is interesting in a segue into the buffalo bills and the gojometer or the gojo meter or whatever we're pronouncing it as here dad is if you ask me right now who i had more confidence as a team in making the run it would probably be the buffalo bills which is strange to say because they were ones that were dealing with rampant injury at the beginning of the season. But the way they're playing ball right now, and Dad, the way their schedule aligns here, we've talked about it already. And I heard someone say last week they were basically going to have to go 4-1 and one down the stretch of the season. Well, you got Dallas coming up this week, which is at home. 
that one's going to be a tough test would not be surprised would probably pick the cowboys in that one based on the where they're playing to win that one but then at the chargers right now who are going to be the east and stick chargers from here on out home versus a patriots team that has the number two overall pick currently and then on the road at those dolphins and if you ask me to pick them right now dad i would probably have the bills beating the dolphins based on the juncture we're at obviously a healthy tyreek hill changes a lot of that we'll see if that ankle gets healthy enough down the stretch of the season but the offensive line that we've talked about being in flux they've already got a loss to this bills team earlier in the season you could talk me into the bills as even more confident than the dolphins yeah even though they're on the outside now based on the tough road to go i would still rate them behind the dolphins there probably in that 55 range in terms of the confidence meter but if you ask me to pick them straight up right now i'd pick the bills i probably would as well but i'm gonna give them their their chance a little lower as well than miami because now they do play the last game of the season so they really just need to pick up one game and to be one game be one game behind miami going into that last game of the season if they beat Miami on that and tie, they will have swept Miami and they get in. So I'm putting them a little lower than Miami, but not much. If we're at Miami at 70, I'd probably put Buffalo at 65 in that area there because they do match up. And as I said, they only need to pick up one game before their final game of the season with them. If Tyreek Hill is not healthy going into this week, the Jets can absolutely make this weird. If you get another YOLO game from Zach Wilson and stringing multiple of those together has been the tough part for him historically and this season, but the Jets front four, we saw can make it a bad time for pretty much anybody the way they did this last weekend. That group is built to party and they both play the Cowboys and then the Dolphins have to go on the road and play Baltimore, who is a nightmare matchup for them as presently constructed too. So I'm just saying the Chances are starting to increase, especially because the Bills were able to get that win against the Kansas City Chiefs. Dad, let's talk about the Cowboys here. This has to be an incredible bit of confidence for this team, right? Now, their schedule down the stretch of the season, we've already mentioned, they're on the books for a couple of these teams in the Dolphins and the Bills. They also host the Lions at home, but this is a Dallas team that outside of the 49ers is playing the best football in the NFL right now. I know when we've talked about in the past doing the uh, college football NFL playoff committee rankings, Dallas should be up near the top right now for me and i'd imagine you're the same oh without a doubt this is another one as close to 100 as can be in the confidence in the way they're playing right now but remember philadelphia while dallas technically is at the top of the division right now philadelphia if they win out they control their own destiny of being the winner of that division problem is the way they're playing you know it doesn't look like you know they could they win out they're playing the seahawk they're playing the giants twice the cardinals once and at Seattle this week. So could they, if they get to anything like what we know they could be, could they win all of them? Yes, yeah, they could. And then they would be the division winners. But for Dallas, the way they're playing right now, this is this is 99-100 on the, on the gojometer for sure. And they're so much better at home. And, and Dad, for... Which, like, if they steal the yeah, NFC I, East gojo from the Eagles, like, that's how much more dangerous they'll be in the postseason, too. Well, and then, but a lot of it, unfortunately, then comes down to, you know, with one team getting home field throughout right now, you would still ultimately yeah. have to go through the 49ers team. But yeah, yeah yep. for Dallas, there's no doubt they would benefit from playing in the confines of Jerry. I'm actually with you, Dad, on the Eagles bit there. I still maintain coming off that Cowboys game, I am pretty confident that going forward, you're not going to get crucial turnovers from the three best players on their offense you've got dallas goddard back in the lineup we've talked about the importance for them in what he affords them from the personnel groups they can use as an outlet for uh jalen hurts and then the jalen hurts willingness in the design run game in this last game i look at all those things and say i am a little bit more confident in the eagles turning it back around because some of the things that they've needed as the foundation were back in yep. that game they just turned the ball over at the most inopportune times possible so the offense has to get it together but i'm pretty confident they will i, I want i want to do one more with you i, I want i want to do denver that's the one I want to do because they're yeah. on the outside looking in right now, sitting in the nine slot, but one of a thousand teams with a seven and six record. And they're playing about as good as anybody in the league right now. Their remaining schedule is Detroit this Saturday, which I'm very excited to call that game. And then they play Bailey Zappi, Easton Stick, and Aiden O'Connell. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's setting up for them. I actually think if I have Buffalo at a 65, I have Denver at a 66. I think Denver's got a pretty good shot. 
to sneak into the playoffs. Well, Denver owns the head-to-head tiebreaker with Buffalo, too. Exactly. Yep, I, I would absolutely be confident in Denver making a postseason run at this point. And again, if that happens, Sean Payton, go ahead and polish up his coach of the year. I get it would be a neck-and-neck neck race between him and D'Amico Ryans, but he called his shot before the season and said, if we're not a playoff team, I'll be ticked. Right now, money is where his mouth is. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. Hell of a day yesterday for the Golics and all of the Notre Dame family, baby, because Duke quarterback Riley Leonard announced his commitment to Notre Dame, giving the fighting Irish... A proven playmaker here at the position for next season. Guys, you know this. They're trying to replace Sam Hartman. A dream come true, Leonard wrote in a social media post. Go Irish. He also announced the decision with a little hype video on social media. So he's going to be charged here, Gojo, with what? Leading a Notre Dame offense that really offered glimpses of brilliance this past year. And I think I saw you tweeting as well. Like, you, you guys are losing some offensive linemen and your running back as well, so maybe, like, his ability to use his feet could be a huge benefit. Yeah, we uh, have a very excited Riley Leonard as the uh, background <laughs> track of this entire thing now. But um, I'm fired up yeah, right now. <laughs> this is a... This is, I it, listen, it's hard not to get pumped up watching that. The folks at Fighting Irish Digital Media continue to do their thing. I'm assuming they had a hand in that. And after their announcement for the bowl game where backup quarterback Steve Angeli, who's currently on the roster, and Dad, I, I'm sure factored into this decision some as we're going to talk about constantly the ability to meld both of those worlds is how in the modern world of college football do you blend your high school recruiting and the guys that you bring up and try and develop as your own with who you bring in in the portal and how that affects the way that you construct rosters and for Notre Dame to make this decision. So Steve Angeli right now is slated to start the postseason bowl game for Notre Dame at the Sun Bowl against Oregon State. But now with Riley Leonard coming in, while last year, remember Sam Hartman came over, Tyler Buckner was still on the roster. He had come off a Gator Bowl win after not playing most of the season because of injury and then went into spring football with it framed as a legitimate competition between Buckner and Sam Hartman both coming in at that point with a new regime Tommy Reese had just left as the offensive coordinator and so Jared Parker who's still there now was in his first spring it was new for everybody I do wonder what this is going to be framed as when we hear from Marcus Freeman, hear from this current yeah. staff, if it's going to be outright Riley Leonard's job. Because Emerson's right, Dad. I do think there are things that his athleticism, and he's a legitimate basketball athlete, affords this Notre Dame team at this juncture that can be really helpful with how their roster is going to look next year. Well, and, th- and that's the thing. How's their roster going to look? We've already seen a, more, a few wide receivers go in the portal. And that's usually a combination of they want to go somewhere else or there's the talk with the coaching staff that they're going to coaching staff may be looking. And we're already you hear about possible wide receivers portaling in to Notre Dame. So go ahead. You have that. There. Well, they've got they've got two big p- players that have portaled in there. Yeah. And to your point, Chancey Stuckey, their wide receiver coach, was uh, parted ways with this offseason. They brought in former Clemson wideout Bo Collins and former FIU wide receiver Chris Mitchell, both of whom pretty highly rated right now. Dan on 247.com. They've got Notre Dame's transfer class as the fourth best ranked in college football at this point with Riley and those receivers in the mix, as well as uh, Ryan Clark's son, uh, Jordan, transferring in as yeah. defensive back from ASU so so I I guess the thought is and every team is different but let's talk Notre Dame here is you're bringing in one-year guys so 
at do you get any continuity, all right? So Riley Leonard's coming in. He's not the passer Sam Hartman was, but he's certainly a more athletic, and we've seen him run. Now, his passing stats weren't awesome this year, but he had the ankle, he had the toe, but boy, he can run. And I think his, the year before, he had like 20 touchdowns and six interceptions and can definitely move. New wide receivers coming in. So Sam Hartman's not playing in the bowl game. We talked about Steve Angeli, who's been you know behind for a couple of years, behind other quarterbacks, getting the chance to start. But then you come into spring again, and when you're bringing a guy in, you know with NIL money, they're getting money. So kind of like in the NFL, the big money people are brought in, you, they're going to get the chance to play. So it would be Riley Leonard messing up and not having the starting job, in my opinion. So in this case, it's Notre Dame, but this is other teams as well. At what point do you hit continuity at that position? Because yeah. Riley Leonard's a one-year guy. So does Steve Angeli hang around? You have C.J. Carr coming in as a, as a freshman. Yeah. So is that what you're maybe building toward? So you get a two- or three-year starting quarterback and some continuity? Because right now, one hit, one year, one hit with Sam Hartman. Next year, one year, one hit with Riley Leonard. So then what happens after that? And this, it, this happens to be Notre Dame, but this is a lot of teams around, you know, FBS and college football now is how you're building and are you building for one year and then have to kind of reestablish after that year again. And I think for a lot of coaches, it's weighing, as always, the balance of how much time do I think I'm going to have to succeed at this current juncture? Like, I'm not saying this is an indictment of Marcus Freeman at all or that this is indicative right. of the Notre Dame situation, but in general, college coaches aren't given a lot of time to come in and show their wares. And so in a world where it's been more win now than ever, where coaches get a shorter leash than we really have had in my lifetime, going back to when I started playing college football, Dad, I would say that there's a high likelihood we see more teams trying to do this. I saw Tyler Van Dyke, yes. the former Florida or Miami quarterback, just committed to Wisconsin. DJ Uyunglele is taking a visit to Florida State. Coming up, we've seen these guys start to move around because most of these programs are saying, I have to focus on the here and now and try and win this season or else my alumni base is going to start to act up. My booster base is going to start to act up. And so unless you've got a guy that comes onto campus as a can't miss prospect who you know right away, hey, we're going to be building towards this guy. I'd imagine every year is going to be that evaluation process and of what's available to us at every position. And if so, are we willing to make that move and are we funded enough to make that move? And then it trickles on down to the high school senior who's a big time recruit, right? Because Sometimes you time things up. You say, okay, I'm going to go here. There's a quarterback for a year or no quarterback. I can go in and play right away or play soon. Then all of a sudden, that team you commit to, uh, that college you commit to, gets a quarterback who has two years left. And now you're like, well, wait a minute. You know, I'm not going to go there and wait for two years. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to decommit and commit to another school. So I think, I think it does trickle on down as well. And, and then there are – I'm trying to figure out – you know, there, we're, we're looking at different reports about putting quarterbacks who are tra transferring with teams. And some are saying Cam Ward from Washington State to Ohio State. We're, now, that I'm trying to figure out, Mike, the reasoning. Kyle McCord was the starter all year at Ohio State, and he hit the portal. Sure. So he was obviously told something, right? You don't start the entire year. You have a, more eligibility where you'd come back and be the starter. So what were you told? Were you told we're going to go to the portal? Were you told there's a younger quarterback that we're going to move up here? Uh, that, that, that makes it interesting to me as well when you're seeing – you see some starting quarterbacks transfer because their coach left, and maybe they're going to follow their coach. Uh, but there's been a, a, a pretty good number of starting quarterbacks – that all of a sudden are leaving their teams. I'm, I'm like, for example, like to Dylan, Dylan Gabriel, like I'm a UCF guy. That's my alma mater. He used to be our quarterback and then decided to kind of leave there for really no major reason. Goes to Oklahoma, absolutely crushes it there. And then all of a sudden he's like, well, I'm taking off and I'm going to Oregon. Like I miss the years of continuity, but I understand why these guys do it because NIL money, you got to kind of take care of yourself now. You have that ability to. Well, and I mean, the opportunity presented to you at this point, Oregon's yeah. in a better position health wise yes. as an organization and as a team than Oklahoma. Yeah. The same he ran Oklahoma from the SEC. Position he ran from the SEC before that. He ran from the SEC. That's what Yeah, happened. all the way to the Big Ten, versus. the other the other power two yeah. conference there. The Big but, Ten uh, can't you know, handle it, it does that become offense. interesting. I would say this dad overall, but like 
the concept of the competition aspect of it if you're measuring that as a player this did also used to come from the trickle up before right when you were a player on a team every year they were constantly going out there and recruiting and sometimes recruiting at your position you were having to right. worry about a potential five-star player coming in at your spot and taking that and in a lot of these places the big quarterback factories we're watching this play out right now for georgia who's worrying about a potential decommitment from dylan riola yep. one of the most yep. gifted high school quarterback prospects coming up who's having this will he won't he now with nebraska thinking they might be back in the mix for a guy who's the son of a former nebraska great we've always seen that go on from that level so i still think the guys the high level competitors in a lot of these positions aren't going to be deterred by that if you're a big time high school prospect going to a college you're going to i'm sure go that dude you know full of the confidence that i can go in here and win this job because i am good enough and i afford them the longevity potentially of a multi-year starter yeah it, it's the game has changed and it's how well colleges play the game of, of player personnel because that's what we're getting right i mean colleges are going to have to hire the comparison of a gm or a player personnel person going forward it seems most of them already have something like that now it has changed quickly and everyone's made that adjustment The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So while we're uh, talking some college ball and uh, transitions here, and by the way, I guess we never really said it, congratulations to Riley Leonard and welcome yes. to South Bend. Yeah, if yes. you need help finding anything, my parents are around there half the year. Yep. Happy to try mm -hmm. and help that out here, Dad. And like legitimately excited to have him there. While there's an existential question about how the portal is going to be used by every team, there's no denying, again, like we said off the top of that last segment here, for a Notre Dame team that is getting set to lose, Joe Alt, their tackle who's going right. to go in the first round. Blake Fisher, their other tackle who's going to be an NFL player. Lost their starting center, Zeke Carell, to the portal to NC State. And as the potential to have their star running back, Audric Estime, also declare for the draft. He hasn't made a decision yet. You're going to need a little bit of help breaking in a new line up front. And what better for that than a quarterback who is like a literal deer? Like, I covered two Duke yeah. games last year, and you see this guy down on the field. You can see why NFL scouts are pretty interested in this guy because from a tool standpoint, as far as how he looks, how the ball comes off his hands, and what he can do as an athlete, there are very few people that are going to exceed what Riley Leonard offers you in that regard as he continues to grow as a passer. Uh, I agree. Watching him play and what he does, I mean, he is, again, to work more on the passing, but just for the reasons you said, of kind of rebuilding the old line a little bit. You may not have your top back back in Audric Estime. So to have a guy, a quarterback, who's able to be that run threat and then can add, obviously, the passing game into it as well, uh, I, I think it's huge. And, dude, 6'4", probably, what, 215 or so, maybe 2'10", 2, 215, 220. So huh. good size, moves well. Um, really uh, so well respected by his teammates, smart player as well. So, and as we said, throwing to probably new wide receivers as well. So Notre Dame, a little bit of a transformation this year. 
Yep, no, a lot happening there, but uh, uh, again, I do think a guy is the foundation of it. You know, you talk to Mike Elko, who's now at Texas A&M, he said that was the secret sauce for that team and for that offense was Riley Leonard's ability to make the backside of a defense. I'll have to sit there and respect him yep, and let right. that O-line and running back room go to work for them. So he's a guy that it will, I think, because of all those tools, be on NFL draft radars. Immediately, we referenced earlier in the show a new mock draft from Matt Miller, and we didn't have time to get to it before, but I wanted to circle back because all of our eyes, like cartoon-style awuga, <laughs> bulged out of our head. As we go down through this mock draft that Matt Miller does a great job over at ESPN, have enjoyed following his transition there, you look down and you see a lot of the names that you would expect, Dad. Caleb Williams at number one overall, Drake May at number two for the New England Patriots, which... God in heaven, New England Patriots fans, form a prayer circle around your team right now and beg whatever God that you worship that your team continues to lose in the regular season mm -hmm. so that you may receive the blessing of Drake May. Because let me tell you, in the right circumstances, and I know you got a lot of decisions to make this offseason, pretty good foundation to start with in that quarterback especially because he's a guy that can get you out of trouble marvin harrison jr after that to the cardinals this is where it already gets interesting the new york giants at number four matt miller has them taking Jaden daniels the heisman Ooh. trophy winner out of lsu and dad we talked to the other day about the pro prospects of some of these college football award winners i'm gonna be fascinated to hear what nfl personnel think of Jaden daniels who made big strides this year obviously enough to win the heisman trophy but at four overall and to a Giants team that's in a very complicated situation because of the Daniel Jones contract. How do you feel about that? Well, it, well with Daniel Jones, understand that he would be, if they got rid of him next year, be $69 million in dead cap money. So that's not going to happen. The year after that, it would be like $22 million. So barring a, you know, a trade, I would imagine, Daniel Jones is going to be on that roster. Uh, what the role is, we'll have to wait and see if, in fact, they do draft a quarterback is the quarterback sit behind Daniel Jones do you let him play right away so we'll have to wait and see and Jaden Daniels obviously has just absolutely jumped up the charts he looks thin he was thin when he started as a freshman at Arizona State but he is he's 6'4 6'4 like 210 moves incredibly well had over 1100 yards uh rushing the ball responsible for 50 touchdowns so it's somewhat been eye-popping uh for him is he now that high in the draft? Mike, I, I, I'll go back to what I said is, is NFL scouts, NFL teams, NFL GMs, they, their mouth waters, right? When, when they see the potential, the potential, the P word for quarterbacks carries more than maybe what you've seen in the NFL, what you've seen out of Daniel Jones, what you've seen out of Justin Fields to where you say, okay, some good, some bad. And, and they'll be like, well, we've seen enough. Because we like the P word of the, of the quarterbacks coming in. We're going to draft on that potential because we don't want to be that team that missed, right? We don't want to be the team because that's what's going to happen if it keeps going the way it's going for last year. All Carolina fans are going to say, could have had C.J. Stroud, could have had him. That's what you do. You live in the past uh, after the, 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 the decision is made. So I've said it before and I'll say it again. Four quarterbacks are going to go in the first round. Do I think four are going to go in the top seven? No. Do I think J.J. McCarthy goes ahead of oh. a Bo Nix or a Michael Penix Jr.? Because uh, I think Shador Sanders and I think Quinn Ewers are going to go back to school. So I, I, which quarterbacks it'll be, we certainly know at least the two, maybe the three in, in Williams, May, and, and Daniels, the way he shot up the charts. Because, oh, by the way, they're only going to look better in shorts and a T-shirt now because that's all they're going to do, you know, as they're throwing the ball after, you know, if they're not playing in their bowl game. So I, I, I think four are still going to go because eventually teams can't help themselves and they just got to grab a guy because they think if they don't, somebody else will. Yeah, Senior, didn't you say you hate the combine when these guys are in, like, sweats and their shorts because you're like, just look at the game tape, damn it. Yeah, I mean, the best thing for me in quarterbacks, in all honesty, is getting them in a room and watching tape with them, having them break it down, send them to the whiteboard up there, drawing plays, and, and doing breaking it down that way under your system and seeing how they do there. To me, your evaluation as a football player, for me, ends 
when their football is over. They're in shorts and a t-shirt. I don't care how high a quarterback jumps. I don't. And I know they put it all in, you know, and juggle it all around and, and, and have their reasoning for it. But I don't care. Give me game film of somebody in uniform, and that's basically what I'm going to go off of. And then when I individually meet with them. Yeah, and and Junior, I mean, you and, look and at what Jay and I have always kind of felt a little bit different about that. In that, yeah, I don't think that for quarterbacks it matters all that much. There's a reason we don't see many quarterbacks outside of like Anthony Richardson, who knew everyone's going to yeah. ooh and off. I run real fast and do the athletic thing there. That's going to be good for me. Most of these guys don't bother to do that stuff because they know it doesn't matter. And for everybody else, it's just kind of do you meet those baseline threats? thresholds of athleticism that generally fall within the windows that NFL scouts can justify to their bosses. Hey, not only is the tape great, but height, weight, speed wise, he meets the stuff that we know more often than not as acceptable and as successful at the NFL level. That being said, JJ McCarthy at seven was wild to me. And I understand this yeah. is about projection. Matt says that there are NFL scouts that are telling him JJ McCarthy is going to go higher than people expect. I still go back to, and this is the tough part for me, dad is Jim Harbaugh came to Michigan as the guy who was talked about as one of these quarterback whisperers going back to his time at Stanford. That may have just been, hey, you had Andrew Luck. Congratulations. Thanks for playing the game. But coming over there with that, my thought was always if they had a quarterback that was capable, they would go and build the offense in that way. And that's never been what Michigan's done. And even in the most difficult right. moments this season, J.J. McCarthy's got some throws in his bag. Like, I never doubted he was going to be a draft-eligible quarterback. But first round's a different ball game here. And I've still yeah. maintained there are only two of these quarterbacks coming out this year that to me would be lock first-rounders in Drake and Caleb. And everyone else after that, you're really going to have to convince me. And J.J. McCarthy, whether it's the Build, which I don't think is the most, you know, he's not the biggest guy in the yep, world. Yep. He's certainly got some mobility to his game and he's got some throws in the bag. But I keep going back to, to your point in the tape. If he was a first round caliber quarterback, I do feel like more of the offense would have been pushed towards that end. Has Jaden Daniels not shown you enough to be a first round quarterback this past year? Oh, uh, no, not at that, not, not at this point the way I've looked at it. But again, we have been watching them in terms of who they are as a college player. The world always looks a little bit different when all of a sudden you start evaluating in the offseason, looking at him through that vantage point. So to this point, no, I wouldn't have him in that range, but he's certainly, as the modern NFL world rewards, a guy who can get you out of trouble with his legs. He vaults to near the top of the list with his ability to do that and is going to make a really compelling case. J.J. McCarthy, that one might be a little bit more difficult to sell at this point. All right, time to finish off the show the way we always do. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off to the rest of your day. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review us. Leave us that five-star rating and check us out live Monday through Friday on DraftKingsNetwork.com, DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV Plus, and more. And if you miss any of the show or our great guests like Vikings D-Tackle and Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee Harrison Phillips, check it out wherever you get your podcasts or right here on YouTube as soon as we get done with the live show. We will get to the holiest of holidays that we will celebrate today. The most important birthday in the last couple of days, bar none. I can't think of another one that would top <laughs> what we're about to celebrate Whoa. here. After oh. we get to this word from our friends at Wrangler, dad, don't step on the money here. Wrangler supports <laughs> us, so we have to support them. What's in the past is in the past, and what's in the present is us being brought to you by Wrangler. Jeans, shirts, and jackets made for the ride of life. Be ready for cooler days and longer nights and styles that keep you warm, comfortable, and moving and looking great no matter where you are. You can wear Wrangler anywhere, at the work, out at night, playing a pickup game with your friends like Emerson with a glizzy in your pocket, <laughs> or at home, watching the game on TV. They're that comfortable and that durable plus there's a wrangler shirt for every occasion casual tees snap and button ups layer them together for a bit of both and do not forget don't you do it the iconic wrangler jacket when the weather starts to chill and you have to venture outside, you want to do that all naked and cold? No. Wrangler will keep you ready for anything. Add some Wrangler to your getup with jean shirts and jackets that look great, fit great, and move great, so you're always ready for whatever life throws at you. Save 15% in your first Wrangler.com order when you use promo code GOJO15. Wrangler for the ride of life. And speaking of something that never goes out of style, fellas... 
She is cheer captain, and she is no longer on the bleachers. Taylor Swift Ooh. celebrating her 34th birthday today. 1989's very own getting set for a romantic evening planned by Travis Kelsey, it sounds like, in the city of New York. So, yes, by far the most important birthday in the last two days, bar none. Dad, please wish Taylor Swift a happy birthday, won't you? Do you realize you're on this planet because of me? Yeah. And my birthday was yesterday. Yeah, big so man. you don't think my birthday is more important especially to your existence than taylor swift's birthday listen dad you may have gotten me to the starting block but she's gonna get me to the finish line her soundtracks have been the thing that have sustained my life and will until my dying days i'd imagine my deathbed is going to feature long live playing in the background as i slowly fade into darkness so you're 34 as well she is 34. Yes. So where do you think, as you guys were growing up year by year, that your careers separated? Well, in 2014, <laughs> when she dropped 1989, which is largely seen as one of her most productive and important albums, she was living in New York at the time, I think like in the Hamptons or something like that. While I was living in a Holiday Inn Express on Staten Island playing minor league football in the FXFL for the Brooklyn Bolts, listening yeah. to that album in a yellow school bus, wearing my pads like a high schooler on the way to a practice that I wasn't even paid for by the back half of the season. So yes, I can pinpoint the exact moment where it feels like our paths were even more divergent than they probably already were at this point where she was already wildly successful and I was again stuck in a school bus trying to play minor league football that's probably where it happened Travis is going to throw this rager for her with a lot of her close friends celebrities like Blake Lively Selena Gomez Sophie Turner Zoe Kravitz Gigi Hadid like which celebrities would be on the list for your dad's birthday if you were actually a good son and threw a rager for him uh, I mean, it'd be like Darius Rucker, yeah. Bill Curry, The Rock. Like, if I was going to yeah. swing big for one for dad, it would probably be The Rock at this point. Yeah. Uh-huh. The the biggest difference is is swinging for the fence for me. These, these stars wouldn't show up. Uh. They'll show up for this one. Now, my question, Mike, is do you think that Travis is getting the numbers of these people or he has to say, hey. Oh, yeah. To, to yeah. Taylor's people, can you reach out to these stars? Or do you think he's getting their phone numbers and contacting them himself or his people? Oh, no, I think he's in the inner circle now and getting all this. That's why, by the way, wow. all this going on in a week where they have a game going on that people might bat an eye. This is like when we talk about, Dad, when a player is paid more by an advertiser than they are by their team. Yeah. And we joke like, oh, they don't work for that. They work for Pepsi. Taylor is going to sustain the rest of Travis's life if this goes right for him. She has already made him money hand over fist. And so right now, you got to feed the master that is serving you the best at this point. Taylor Swift right now is the boss that Travis needs to adhere to. So understand the move completely. Happy birthday, Taylor Swift. I hope they enjoy the week here. Let's get to that, Emerson, as we've got new class in session out in Colorado. Deion Sanders not only affecting things on the field, but off the field. Yeah, look at this. Deion Sanders has only been the head coach of Colorado, right? One season, everyone knows that, but people are already studying his approach. So the University of Colorado Boulder just announcing a class based on how Sanders handles his celebrity on top of coaching the football team. So the course will focus on helping college athletes explore how to manage their time in college, prepare for career, manage their celebrity, identify when best to speak into their profit center, advocate for worthy causes and coordinate with sports agents and how to interact with journalists and the media. That's what the school wrote in the course description. Dad, I I know it kind of sounds hilarious when you read it off like that. I'm actually kind of happy that there are schools now starting to lean into, hey, we need to teach some of these players who are trying to go pro in this sport how to be good pros because we've talked about the financial literacy that's at times been lacking. I also do think at times guys are underprepared for some of the other stuff that this can bring to you. Well, I, listen, I think this, these kind of courses, to your point, I agree. Anything that could prepare you for a professional life, and I don't mean in sports. You know, this isn't a football course. I mean, I mean for anybody to prepare uh, the best they can. But I'm not going to lie. Emerson, you read the description yep. of the course. I got stuck on one thing on the, the, the Twitter yep. board here. And, Mike, I never understood this. Offered on Tuesday, Thursday from 5 to 6.15. Why? 
why on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, our classes were 45 minutes, and on Tuesday, Thursday, they were 75 minutes. I hated that. It was so nice Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You go in there, and 45 minutes was great, and then you had to do 75 minutes yeah. on Tuesday and Thursday, man. They lost me. They kind of, you know, we talk about the attention span being about a minute or so for people today. Yes. For me, it was a little less than an hour. And I was done. So that last 15 minutes, I didn't care about. Dude, after 30 minutes, one, I mean, I'm you not... had to sit there with a typewriter. You didn't even have the phone in the laptop <laughs> like me and Emerson did. <laughs> we done? We done? We done? No, no that? it's the, done? it's his carrier pigeon. <laughs> Send it oh. down to the professor. I can say you're oh, okay. you're over there sending paper airplane messages <laughs> to each other in class right now, hammering it out Dude. with your chisel and sending the tablet over to your boy. Do you Look like at this meme? I just chiseled you. Do you like me? Please check one. Yes, no, maybe. So it was happy birthday yesterday, and today it's like you're, you're. Stuck. Yeah, you're dead okay. to us. Right. You're dead to All us, right. buddy. Cool. Okay. Good. You know what? Know. Let's get to the third, yeah. and let's get to something that might appeal to you in your advanced <laughs> age, Dad. As a bold oh fashion God. choice, started to make waves on the internet yesterday. Dude, look at this thing. This random nightcap tweet is just going viral, and the dude says, "I think I would have the best sleep of my life in this." Golic Senior. Do you have the best sleep of your life when you wear this at night? So I would, if they wanted me to do a commercial and promote this product and pay me, I would say exactly that. I think I would have the best <laughs> sleep of my, night, uh, of my life in this. There is no way on God's green earth I'm going to bed with that on my head. No shot. No shot of my sleeping well with that on my head unless, you know, I'm taking, you know, the magic gummies or I'm completely <laughs> hammered. Uh, other than that, there right, is dog. no way that I could comfortably be in bed, roll over like I do at times with that thing twisting on my head as I'm rolling over. No way. All right, for Gojo, though, Gojo, let's say you, you eventually make it back to the Northeast, which we would all obviously love. It gets cold here, dude. You've got a nice shiny dome. This could help you sleep much better at night, right? Keep it nice and warm and toasty. See, he rises to the top, and I already run like an absolute inferno. So the idea of having anything more than underwear on while I sleep is insane. <laughs> this came paired with a men's cotton full nightshirt. I could yeah, not imagine uh -uh. having to wear clothes yeah. in bed like that. I would melt. It's, no. it's the ball no. for me. It would be like hitting my face. Like, I don't want balls like that hitting my face, <laughs> hanging from the hat. That's a show. If you enjoy those particular balls, we're gonna go now. Nope, I'm not gonna do it. Download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five-star rating. I'm gonna keep my job until tomorrow. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you then.